Dear Mr. Hammett. Dear Miss Smith. Dear Mr. Goldberg, thank you for your thank recent you for your application, application to the role of assistant producer. We're currently reviewing all applications and we'll get, get back, back to you as soon as we can. You can browse other vacancies at blah blah, blah blah Due to the high volume of applications, we're writing to inform you that unfortunately we won't be taking your application any further. Salut les gars et bienvenue à Jobs Board, le podcast pour les journalistes jeunes. Uh, and that's my French vocabulary all run out. Hello everybody, welcome to Jobs Board, uh, the young journalist podcast. I am Ollie Hammett. With me is George Goldberg. Enchanté. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you devil, you. <laughs> devil, George. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need a fan. <laughs> um, and Bryony Smith. Bonjour. Bonjour, bonjour. Ça va? Ça va bien, merci. Et toi? Ouais, ouais, ça va, ça ah, va. Oui, ça va. Si... Mm, ça va. That's, that's my French worry, This is one. not a Duolingo episode. <laughs> <laughs> was their fault for having an expression which is both a question and an answer. Yeah. Because it could just go on forever. Indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, back to journalism. How have we been, everybody? How's our working week been? Well, I am pleased to report no transport antics. I have managed to get in on time yes. every day. Uh, however, I have been quite warm. And uh, the, the almost yeah. balmy tropical temperatures that my body is not used to, is uh, it, it's, it, it's struggling a little bit. No. But it's the kind of discussion of, when does like short sleeves like that's what I'm I'm sort of getting my arms out I haven't quite got my legs out yet in the office I've started <laughs> now to bring at least a change of shorts for the commute home but um like actually mm. in the office I haven't quite braved that but then I then it's one of those things like you get really warm on on your journey in uh and when you're leaving but actually possibly like air conditioning right like, I think it'd be a bit too cold so I don't know how uh, it has been for you two. <laughs> well, I mean, I've just been sweltering in my flat. Uh, I've worked out. I've just had all the doors and windows open all the time. Today, I actually, uh, it was so hot. I went, first of all, I went swimming and then I went to the supermarket. Oh, nice. I, it was great. And then I went to the supermarket and bought just like four litres of lemonade <laughs> and a bag of ice. <laughs> it was brilliant. Well, I have to say, George, um, the days when I am working from home, I do not have the dilemma of is it appropriate to wear this outfit or not? Because you can wear whatever you want when you're on a Zoom call. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if I want to wear shorts, I can wear shorts. I was in swimming. I did an interview in swimming trunks today. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh, I had a, I had a, uh, I had a t-shirt on. <laughs> I <just> up. <laughs> yeah. You weren't wearing your swimming Literally hat on and just your just come out of the pool and then <laughs> the interview. <laughs> yeah oh sorry i just need a putting like uh just splashing around <laughs> yeah putting some dry shampoo in my hair and you know getting the little chlorine out <laughs> um i it's interesting you've got the short sleeves shirt debate george are you talking like a kind of a mormon look or oh like i feel like that reference is slightly lost on me but i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna attempt with a yes just... at my own risk <laughs> well I, mormon you know you know mormons are right yeah, uh, like, yeah. Um, like, it's also, like, whether I sort of even go to, like, sort of polo tops, but, like, smart 
cod like, uh, like yeah. even ones like that. It's but I've been trying to guess based on the thickness. God, this is boring. But like, <laughs> <You can. laughs> like I'm like, is this going to be breathable? Will my armpits appreciate this, or will they have to just make it worse? What degree of cotton is this shirt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you must be rocking some sort of winter number. Well, not not quite hat and scarf and gloves type bonkers but yeah like it's uh i'm trying to figure out it's it's hard it's tough my body's not liking it but i am enjoying photosynthesizing at lunchtime outside in the parks yeah sorry what photosynthesizing you you photosynthesize (laughs) careful i'm not a robot i'm actually a plant you're a plant (laughs) are you but are you a robot plant Maybe that's Question. maybe that may maybe that's why I'm, I'm that, good as in planted by the robots. Yes, yes. Well, as we're talking about the sun, I think this would be a perfect opportunity to mention our job of the week because it is with the sun online. Oh, what a nice segue! Planning. That's the best segue for a while. Oh, thank you. I'm not just here for. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> none of us do we've all lost our minds Um, (laughs) so our job of the week this week is a social media journalism position with the sun online and you'll be reporting directly to the head of social media so i thought i'd mention this role um for a number of reasons because it's firstly a great position but also it stems on from our conversations last week when we had the lovely Kate last week who was talking all about social media journalism and so you'll be playing a role creating a whole host of content from graphics um, and looking over sort of the emerging social media platforms that Kate kind of mentioned the TikToks um, and of course all all the rest of them Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, LinkedIn working directly with the editorial and digital and video picture design commercial and marketing teams that's a lot of teams you'll be working with (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think it's a really fab position especially if you're interested in in social media role um of course where you'll be based is right near london bridge so it's a perfect location really lovely spot really nice building that's where all of the um oh the the news uk exactly yeah that's where all the news uk departments organizations you name it are all hosted so yeah it's a really nice location and uh, if you are interested in this role you are required to send your CV, including your Twitter handle and cover letter. And the um, the role closes on the 8th of July. So you've got a couple of weeks to apply. Excellent. Uh, on a little side note, if you are into social media and want to get some uh, great uh, gram shots for from your early shift at the News UK building, uh, it's very recommended because it has the oh, shards yeah. and apparently the sunrise yeah. is lovely. We've, we've spoken about this before. Excellent for a sunrise or sunset picture, depending on your shift. Yeah, um, maybe both. Whilst I'm just looking online as well, I just thought I'd mention this position. Um, not got quite a good um, as segue as previously uh, with the sun, but um, uh, nevertheless, this is a reporter position with Nottinghamshire Live. We've mentioned positions with Reach PLC before. They are reporter positions, so you'll be um, engaging readers. They are looking for someone ideally NTCG qualified or has relevant work experience. Um, I know from uh, people I've spoken to that they do consider you usually people with a BTC 
J qualification, um, the reason they just want someone with a qualification or relevant work experience is the media law element of it, so that you're not going to sort of publish anything which is, you know, outrageously wrong (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and um, get them into lots of trouble and get sued. But uh, yeah, hopefully that won't happen. And um, yes, they're looking for someone with digital publishing skills, um, someone who can work with their content management system, sort of take pictures, the whole shebang. Basically, digital storytelling is what they're after. So if you're interested in this position, then have a look at the Trinity Mirror or the Reach PLC job website. Very good. On the subject of media law, uh, how how useful is it for you guys in, in working as journalists, do you find, what we kind of are training in it and having a knowledge of, uh, you know, of, of precedents? Yes, I would say that it has been very useful for anything to do with police and crime. Um, there's been lots of incidences when I was working in sort of digital online where I you know I'd write an article and then it would get sent to the legal team to sort of read over it equally when we're thinking about um you know whether we can do something for tv we've we've got to think about what pictures we can show like can we show their face you know if they're under 18 you know have they been arrested have they been charged that sort of stuff and sometimes it can be quite complicated and also you kind of I think the key thing is with media law training for me is that, um, you know, I have a sense of a red flag. And if there is a, you know, a flag, then you kind of speak to someone else and, you know, speak to the legal team and then get it cleared. I think if without that training, um, I would probably not be so like hesitant, maybe. Yeah, that's true. I guess it just gives you a a vague knowledge of, yeah, of sort of what's going on in in law. Yeah. Um, and, it, and again, I think we've discussed this before. There are certain circumstances which does not make it right, but some news outlets, because they want the story, they will take a risk to, you know, publish a photo or publish some information or like, you know, they haven't got the copyright or something like that for an image or video and they will use it because they obviously want the story and that is a risk they're willing to take. But ultimately, that is not your decision to make. So if your editor makes that decision or the company you work for makes that decision, then that's fine. That's off their back. Like I say, sometimes it doesn't always make it right, but, you know, that's their decision. Yeah, I think it's just always important to sort of cross-reference and speak to someone more senior than yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'd completely echo what Bryony said, oh. um, especially in my current work, um, a lot of it goes to a lawyer anyway. Um, so it's really useful on um, that process because you give her less work um, because we write some copy, gets pinged to a lawyer, comes back revised, send it back. Um, a lot of it is a case of like getting, making sure that you get a right of reply. But then one of my jobs is actually to look at the Her Majesty's Course and Tribunal Service every evening uh, for the next day to see what is happening at the courts. Um, And interestingly, um, family courts don't display this. So you've actually got to go to the courts themselves to actually know um, what's happening. So um, that's quite useful because down the line at some point, I will be uh, pottering down and uh, possibly... um, taking a view on a couple of things but yeah uh, my inbox gets f- filled up every single day at 5 p.m 
with these lovely emails that often I've been, but sometimes I've got interesting stories in them. So um, it's sometimes worth having a look at that. But yes, it's all about red flags. Um, just just because obviously you're quite junior, you don't you you don't necessarily have as the full rounded experience. Um, so it's normally a good idea to then go. Hang on, I should I should ask someone about this because uh, they normally have a have a good grasp on what is right or what is wrong. Right on the subject of our education in journalism practices, our guest this week is one of our course mates from said times. Please welcome Mr. Hugo Barley. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you, Hugo. Indeed, indeed it is. Been a been an avid listener since season one. I think my uh, invite may have got lost in the post then, but finally, finally <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We, um, yeah, yeah. George 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 uses uh, like carrier pigeons. <laughs> invites. It must have got distracted. Um, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, finally summer, but it's, it's classic. We look forward to the summer the whole time. Then it gets really humid, doesn't it? Oh, we've uh, just yeah. been discussing George's, what does he wear in the office? Like, uh, is he yeah. going for long shirts? Wow. Is he going for short shirts? You know, it's a real I dilemma. I'm going to consult <laughs> Hugo on this. Actually. Hugo and I are both uh, fairly long-limbed men, and I'm going to guess that Hugo doesn't wear short-sleeved shirts. Um. Well, interesting you say that, actually. I bought my first button up short sleeve shirt it was an emergency purchase in um the bath primark due to uh due to heat issues Oh, (laughs) well the less said about all that the better yeah yeah (laughs) also i i love how specific you were with the with the shop entail Yeah, it's an incredible Primark. I've never seen anything like it. It's got about <laughs> mm. I mean, for, yeah, forget the Roman baths or like well, exactly. all that rubbish. <laughs> um, now, Hugo, to fill you in for our listeners, uh, we all graduate at the same time and uh, we're all sort of foraging our way uh, through the journalism minefield that it is. Uh, tell us how you're going. Yeah, so um, I kind of had a bit of an insight into journalism before doing the the broadcasting course where we all met each other. Um, just when I left university, I kind of I went through that stage where you you whack off emails to kind of anyone and everyone, um, and I got quite lucky that someone at a, uh, a basically a company that run a lot of different sports newspapers got back to me. Um, and I originally went there kind of on an internship and then one thing led to another and it turned into a, a full-time job, which was which was really, really good fun. Uh, so I was kind of, I was writing about football, writing about rugby, writing about all manner of things. And um, it was kind of what I'd always wanted to do, but I, I always had this feeling that print journalism was was, was a very specific thing. And I, I thought I want to kind of broaden myself and, and, and kind of have a look at broadcasting because I, whether rightly or wrongly, I kind of thought that was that was the way the the industry was going. Um, so I went into the course, uh, learned a lot of new things. Obviously, met a lot of lovely people as well. Um, and then obviously the pandemic hit, so everything kind of kind of ground to a halt. But I was quite lucky in that because uh, a lot of the sports matches uh, stopped. These papers had a lot of space to fill. Um, and they needed a lot of kind of feature writing and 
and things like that. So I, I managed to kind of slot back into to what I was doing, which which in some ways felt like a bit of a step back, but it was nice to it was nice to kind of be doing something during the lockdown and kind of keep the journalism juices flowing, if you wish. Uh, so I've I've been I've been kind of doing that basically on a freelance basis for for the last year or so, and it's been a lot of fun. But I kind of want to use these these broadcasting skills that that I got. Um, but as you as as I suppose you kind of know, once you're once you're in uh, a role finding the time to apply to other stuff is, is kind of difficult. So I'm trying to kind of my, my, my resolution once lockdown finishes is to kind of cast my net a bit wider and, and, and kind of see what else is out there. Yeah. Really. When you're working, the last thing you want to do after a day at work is apply for more jobs. You just want to switch yeah. off. Um, so I totally understand that it's, it's difficult to kind of get that balance um, because ultimately you kind of need to be working to earn money, but you're obviously looking for a different opportunity. So it's kind of finding the time um, to do that. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, you kind of, you try and kind of allocate yourself maybe like half an hour, an hour to look. But it's, uh, I've, my, my, my computer at the moment, I'm looking at it, it's just loads and loads of kind of half finished applications. Oh God, you yeah. Get, you get close to it and then um, next thing you know, the application deadline's passed and, uh, and then it's the weekend. But it's... Um, it's an experience, definitely. Is it sport journalism that you would like to stay in the field, but kind of broaden um, your experience and kind of get into broadcasting with sports journalism? Well, I mean, I kind of, so I, I did my undergrad in in politics. Uh, so I kind of always wanted to go into more kind of current affairs journalism, which which was part of the thinking behind doing the course. But at the same time, a lot of time, a lot of the time when I'm writing about sport, I kind of think this is, this is what interests me and this is what gets me going. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy in the sports, the sports sector. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And there's, um, it's something that I've kind of, I've known about my whole life. Uh, but the, the, the idea of the idea of going into more current affairs stuff is, is, is something that I, I kind of want to do eventually. Definitely. And what, what sort of current affairs like really interest you? So, I did my I did my my undergraduate dissertation on looking at the Arab Spring in Bahrain, Ooh. which is a bit of a left field topic. And uh, after quite a bit of research, I kind of realised there wasn't really an Arab Spring. In <laughs> <laughs> the only bloody country there wasn't an Arab Spring. Well, at least you found that out. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I wish maybe my supervisor had told me that before. <laughs> it's not that's not their job. <laughs> When you must have pitched yeah, the did. idea. You probably was thinking, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a little bit closer. It's facial expressions when I pitched the idea. Yeah. You should have seen when they were like rubbing their hands. That <laughs> At what point is he going to realise? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it was a bit late that I realised, oh, yeah. So how, did you, how, how did you turn the, that into a dissertation? <laughs> um, I, um, let's hope the dissertation supervisor isn't listening because there was a bit of uh, embellishment of certain facts. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> well, so are you saying are you saying that you've made up an Arab Spring in Bahrain, or um, uh, maybe not made up? Maybe um, maybe exaggerated how big a few of the protests were, perhaps. Ah, well, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I did that, and 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 despite it being an incredibly frustrating process, trying to find evidence of some sort of Arab Spring happening in the country, um. I got really interested in the region and, and um, it's that, that kind of Middle Eastern politics was something I became really, really interested in and 
kind of since leaving university have have really closely followed and have kind of read as much as I can about the area. Um, and I, I kind of always always thought that would be a really fascinating subject to to look at. I mean, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a pivot, I suppose you could say, from from non-league football to uh, Middle East politics. But it's um, it's the pivot that that I would quite quite like to do. Well, we just love pivoting on this podcast. I think. <laughs> oh God! We, it's been so embraced... long since we heard that word. Yeah, we. I think it. that's. I think that's. I think that is just journalism, isn't it? You can never. You can never really just stick to one area. You no. Covers kind of, everything. You know what? That, takes that's so it. true. And also, I don't know if you guys find this, but when someone asks you, like, what, like, what do you want to do? I'm just. I, I, there's so much that I do want to do and there's so much that I currently do in my role. Trying to box yeah. it off is just like so difficult because oh. curr- oh, yeah. currently in my position, depending on what shifts you're rotated for, I could be doing a digital shift. I could be doing input, planning and finding all the stories and booking guests and, and kind of phone bashing on the other um, uh, end of it, kind of the output side. I'm like editing video. I'm like creating graphics. I'm like putting the show together. So like that's three very different roles. So when someone's like, what do you want to do? It's really hard to be like this specific thing. Like journalism is not like that. Yeah, you, you basically just have to be like, yeah, I'd like to be a journalist, you know, in, in something, in a subject. Yeah, and the variety, the bit of everything that you do is why is one of the main reasons why I love it so much because you know every day is is different depending on what you're rotated for or how busy it is if there's breaking news. So yeah, I always find that question. It's usually like non-journalism people that ask me that question, and it's, I always find it really difficult to <laughs> respond. I think yeah, it's because journalism's quite in many ways it's an industry that's quite difficult to explain yeah. to people because it's quite it's quite vocational, but it's also like incredibly taxing and you have to be very versatile. Um, and you, it also just comes down to, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day. I just sort of, I was saying that I was worried that it didn't have sort of enough work to do. And I, you know, needed to be felt like I could be doing more that particular afternoon. Uh, and, and they just said, well, why? And I said, well, cause in journalism, you, you have to be proactive. Like it's your job you know, you are the person who has to find things out. It's a, it's a strange one as well, isn't it? It kind of, it, it, it got, it, it, you have sudden certain moments where it's really, really, um, you feel like nothing's happening and then suddenly everything you can, someone can call you and it can suddenly spring into life. You're kind of always on alert, exactly. aren't you? Yeah, yeah, totally. What advice, Hugo, would you give to yourself yeah. before... You even did your master's applying to journalism. Like, talk talk me through... Well, first of all, yeah, talk me through mm. why you did a master's in journalism because you did politics and international relations. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so I did I did politics and international relations. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I never really... I never really kind of had journalism on my radar. Um, it was it was more... That was kind of the, the, the first job that I got outside of university. Uh and I, a lot, a lot of people at the company, they all had journalism degrees, um, and they all had some sort of qualification in journalism. Um, and I kind of, I was looking at it, I was thinking maybe, maybe the only way that I'm actually going to know whether journalism is for me is is to is to actually look at it in depth at, at university. And I, I think also, I don't, I don't, maybe maybe I was a bit blasé in thinking that that 
the industry was going completely towards broadcast. Um, I think when I stepped in into the industry, I had a lot of uh, a lot of views, which which maybe a lot of people do when you kind of think, oh, print journalism's dead. You're going to move into broadcasting but actually the, the the longer i've spent in the industry i don't think that's true i actually think print journalism's kind of having a, having a resurgence um in sport in sports journalism i mean things like the athletic uh kind of really booming in in popularity so i i possibly wish that i had um maybe looked into print journalism more and and, and maybe not rushed into to broadcasting as quick as quickly as i did maybe I don't know, like if you, you're t- talking about something like the Athletic, it's something that's like it's digital, but they also do they do so many videos mm. and podcasts and all kinds of things, you know, infographics. That sort I think of thing. The, I, um, I mean, I think the Athletic is 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 has really um, made me made me kind of a lot more um, appreciative of, of journalism and a lot more hopeful for the industry, really, because. A, a, you can be you can be pessimistic about the industry and think it's it's going just towards kind of Instagram news and really quick snippets, but that is a platform where where you have I don't know like sometimes like six thousand seven thousand word articles, um, and it's kind of it's good to see that people are willing to to read those and and um, and and kind of really immerse themselves in topics and not just get like a a broad brush outlook of the news. Yeah, that's actually a very good point, especially in sports journalism, because I always think it's, uh, you're right, it's so sort of uh, conjecture based and there are so many rumours flying around and it's, it just moves from one thing to the next mm-hmm. so quickly, even within sort of from one hour to the other. Um, but you're right. It, and also, have you thought about um, sports podcasting? Yeah, so we had, uh, when I so, so the company that I'm working, well, company that i'm kind of freelancing for at the moment now and used to work for um their their main paper is the is the non-league paper which is 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 possibly the most niche newspaper i think you'll ever find uh, <laughs> they basically focus on on football below the top below the top five divisions so you've got kind of really local really local teams um Tom, Tumbridge Angels. Tumbridge Angels there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we... National League South, I believe. Um... I actually don't know. But... <laughs> well, we, anyway. They, they kind of, this paper kind of has a monopoly on those, those that level of football. So so when I was there, we started a podcast um, kind of really digging deep into into those kind of those kind of leagues. And it was, it was really interesting because sometimes when you're when you're making the podcast, you think, who who on earth is going to want to listen to this? This is such kind of like obscure stuff, but I think the podcast market is so big now that there, there is a there's an audience for for any type of podcast, isn't there? Yeah, that's that's so true. I mean, I was hearing the other day about you know there are football podcasts that are just entirely dedicated to like stats analysis mm. and really sort of in depth commentary on on well on many many sports, but uh, chiefly I hear about football ones. Um, yeah, you're right. There's sort of uh, as long as if you sort of if you build it though an audience will, will yeah i think you're right. i think i think just so podcasting podcasting is so ingrained in in so many people's lives now um that everyone's kind of god tell me uh just a just a general tip question because i realized that was where my initial question went so hugo if you could give any of our listeners any advice along your journey what would you give them? 
Um, I would I, I I would say just 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 contact as many people as you can. Just just speak to as many people as you can because it's amazing how many how many kind of senior journalists have have been through the the the, the tough process of starting out in the industry and and. Sometimes when you're starting out in the industry, you can feel like you're you're all alone and that everyone else is on this this kind of high platform and you're, you're struggling to reach them. But it's amazing how many how many journalists, if you reach out to them for a chat, will will say yes and and kind of almost take you under their wing. Um, and actually, the the industry can be can be a lot less scary than than it, than it can seem when you're starting out in it. Yeah, that's actually very true. You just have to sort of approach people and, and be enthusiastic. Is yeah, is very good advice. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think because um, I mean, I mean, everyone, everyone that's been in the industry for 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 quite a few years knows how hard it is to break in, and and especially if you if you show that you're determined and that you're that you're wanting to succeed, and also have an interest in in, in what they're what they're writing about. From from past experience, they're they're often a lot more willing to to speak to you and, and give you advice than, than you yeah, often think. Absolutely. One thing they're not that willing to do nowadays, though is personally read your cv mm. how do you like that segue Bryony? i don't think it was as good as my son one nah, I'm gonna it be wasn't. I, I shouldn't i really shouldn't have, i shouldn't have called it there. um yeah. i was <laughs> i was definitely punching um, <laughs> the yes uh it's time hugo to have a look at your cv um oh, and no. yep yeah, i'm not the man for this the man for this is somewhere in the ethernet connected to me his name is george goldberg am i a human am i a plant who knows but every single week <laughs> on this podcast for sure we scan our guest cv um we're quite a way in now into our new robot which um it scans your cv and it's what recruiters use to sift out applicants now quick rundown of our leaderboard we've got ellie in first place with 45 points fergus with 38 points in second place then we've got Kate, 24 points at third. <laughs> and in last place, in fourth place, is Ed and Joe with 12 points. Thank you, Ollie. So, Hugo, talk me through your CV. Where do you think you're going to do really well and smash this? Oh, um, ooh, that's a good question. Well, on my one good thing about the CV now is... I've corrected a rather glaring error in it. So when I was applying for jobs um, after graduating from my undergrad, I was thinking, why, why am I not getting any responses to these uh, <laughs> these applications? And I'd sent out kind of a lot of speculative stuff as well. And I was like, I was expecting to get maybe one, 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 uh, one response. <laughs> yeah, maybe one. <laughs> after about, I'd say a couple of months, I was scanning through my my CV. I was like, hold on. The phone number's wrong. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I'd say for for about two and a half months, I was sending out my CV with a complete wrong phone number. Oh no! So who knows? Who knows what I could have ended up doing? <laughs> <laughs> so so a, a strength of the CV is it's now got the right phone number. Um, I thought I I always think it's it's kind of I've gone for simplicity. Um, I kind of it's it's lots of simple bullet points, uh, and it's in chronological order, which I don't know whether that's the best way to do it. Maybe maybe 
Maybe the best way to do it is put the most impressive stuff there. No, 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 no. Most, like, I don't think I've ever seen a CV that wasn't in, like, really? reverse chronological order. I don't know about you guys, but... Maybe maybe I should go for the the other tactic then, stand out from the crowd, perhaps. Ah, but will you stand... Will a robot be impressed by that? I'm not ah, sure. Ah, that's true. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Um, I think it's... Uh, I, I don't think it's the best CV there's ever been. <laughs> that's for certain. Um, but it's, it's, it's kind of got... I think it's got the essentials on it, but I think I always think I could do more with it, but I just don't quite know what to do with it. Oh, okay, cool. Well, maybe we can uh, maybe we can give you a few pointers here. Yeah, so that would be much appreciated. Right, George. Let's see how Hugo did. <laughs> so I always love this bit because I always immediately hand over to Bryony to do the lottery numbers or the element ge- of this. <laughs> so Bryony, if you could press the big red button for us. Of course. Good luck, Hugo. I'm going to need it. (laughs) So, Hugo, out of 100, your CV scored 42. Two. Whoa. Whoa. So it means that you've just Woo. slid into second place. So you're so close to wow. that I, to that podium top position. I don't, I, no offense, Hugo, but neither was I. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. It's, That's I don't, really I don't, good. How, how is that calculated? So uh, well. it is scored in four categories: impact, brevity, style, and skills. And then it turns out this number. Does does some maths, so you you, does the math. You you've scored very well, above seventeen both of these out of one hundred in brevity and style. Um, Wow! uh, For some reason, it's complaining about your bullet points, even though your page has bullet points on them. So (laughs) we might we might want to just park that critique for for a moment. I think that deserves a few more points. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and again with with dates, like uh, for some reason it's uh it's it's having having a mare with uh some of your some of your dates. They look like they're in chronological order. I think they are. Actually, no, there's a chance they might not be. Uh, yeah, I think they are more or less. But it is it to do with the date format, George? Do you think or well, possibly? Actually, no, I guess not. It's the same on mine. Because for our listeners' benefit, Hugo's put kind of September 2019 to uh, whatever, March 2020, for example, and written it out like that. Maybe it might be with your education ones, because they're, you, um, oh, rather than yeah. being like at the right at the end of the line and then other stuff underneath, you've gone qualification, date, then university, and then your grade. But that that's, that's me plucking a guess at this that's true because i suppose with, with the qualifications one i haven't put the like the exact dates i've just put the years so maybe that's that's called it out perhaps yeah um and then impact like you you scored 63 of 100 for this so you're you're nearly nearly quite good on there um it's pointing out that you've used weekly print deadlines more than once on your cv oh because yes. he's got so many deadlines yeah, that's, that's my, that's, just deadlines <laughs> everywhere, and they're weekly. That's the bug. When will it understand? 
<laughs> and then um, also chucking in some quantifying impact and then um, possibly some more action verbs. Uh, but it's, it's broadly yes. your skills um, that it thinks um, that you could possibly work on. So communication, analytical, teamwork, leadership and, and drive are, are the main ones it's looking for. Um, yeah, I need to I do need to put some. It's a bit descriptive, I think, the way I've done it. I think I do need to hit hit those words a bit. Yeah, more. and also I think you've, I mean, you've kind of written it in fairly full sentences. I don't actually know what it thinks about that, George. But yeah, I don't. That's know, one thing I, I noticed because like with my my CV, I think mine are like very short. But like I don't. But then we've had other people's CVs who are probably like you. You don't go over more than three lines in a sentence. So it's like it's not like you're. You, yeah. you're struggling for commas or breathing space so yeah I, I do remember when when I was reading it that was one, my worry whether it was kind of punchy enough because it is it is it does get a bit descriptive um at times but I was I, I was kind of I wanted to fit it all into one page um and I didn't want to make it kind of too brief at the same time but I suppose that's the that is the the the, the dilemma of CV writing what what balance to, to hit really isn't it yeah, and uh, but to be honest, that that's a solid score. So that's very good. I'm I'm, I'm still in a state of shock, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've only been beaten by Ellie. I mean, that's that's really impressive. That is uh, that is a really really unexpected turn of it. That's made my day. Oh. It'll make those weekly well, print deadlines a lot better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't be smiling too long though Hugo because we've got another game for you well this might crown off what's been a brilliant day um, <laughs> but it could also plunge it back into into the realms of disaster <laughs> um, yes it is time oh sorry hang on I had a song for this oh yeah uh, it is time for can you fake the news can you fake the news? Beautiful. I was I was hoping for some harmonising there, guys. They, they were a duo. No, we just let you get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said it twice in the hopes someone would join you second time. But yeah, yeah. No, we we don't um, pander to him, Hugo. <laughs> yeah, they just let me. They let me do my thing. <laughs> um. Yes, it is. Can you fake the news? Where we are going to give Hugo the headlines of three different news articles, and he has to ascertain by asking us different questions whether they are true or false. Ooh. Now, I hope we've brought our A game this week, guys. Of course. Who is feeling always good? Glad to hear it, Brownie. Uh, who is who's feeling confident? Actually, I can go first if you want. I almost never go first because I always ask who wants to go first. Yeah, you go first. You're a Treat polite yourself. gentleman. Yeah. So, wait. How does this work? So, here? I'm going to give you the headline of a news article. Uh, and it is either something that really happened or it didn't happen at all. And it's a piece of uh, fake news. Okay. That's either been made up by somebody else or by one of us. Okay. Oh, and I and I have to ask questions to work out whether it's fake news yeah. or not. Okay. So, your headline is 
Pakistan police detain 19 after being denied free burgers. That's 19 <laughs> people, I should say. No. Um, <laughs> where in Pakistan was this? Uh, Lahore. There was a bit of a uh, bit of a hesitation before that. Um, what? <laughs> what? Why were the burgers free? Well, that was the thing. They weren't free. Uh, they were burgers it's being sold. <laughs> um, and basically, a, a, basically, a group of police officers turned up at this uh, takeaway burger place in Lahore, and um, they essentially demanded free burgers. Um, on behalf of a very like a vip guest who they wouldn't say who it was <laughs> so it's pretty clear they just wanted some free burgers um refused and then decided to when they were refused the burgers detained all 19 staff of the <laughs> burger restaurant for seven hours over oh, overnight really... oh, God. oh i really hope this is true <laughs> um oh i should i should also say um just for some for some justice in the story uh nine police officers nine police officers involved have been suspended <laughs> i mean i really want it to be true which is which is going to make me say that it's true um what question can i ask to back this up a bit more what was the what was the what was the burger restaurant oh good question it's called Johnny and Jugnu. Apparently, <laughs> mm. it's, it's a chain restaurant. That could be made up. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say true because it seems too far fetched to have been made up. That very well done, Hugo. It is true. That's well, unbelievable, yeah, sadly. isn't it? Yeah, that is. Isn't that just completely outrageous? <laughs> it reminds me um, when I was younger, we had a friend that used to look like. Literally used to look identical to uh, a guy who was in the Domino's adverts, <laughs> and on many occasions we showed the the advert to the people working at Domino's, um, and they fell no. for it. Yeah, that's genius. I know. Put on quite a lot of weight during that time, but it was <laughs> yeah. Cool. But, you know, pick your friends. And... Uh, probably worth it though. <laughs> oh, definitely. Hundred percent. You know, you always lose weight. You can't get free Domino's forever. <laughs> Exactly. And that first bite of the Domino's, mm. nothing beats it. Nope. Well, my headline doesn't involve pizza, but it does involve cake. Okay. So, my headline is, Hugo, mum tells M&S to get a sense of humour after it refuses to print a cheeky message on cake. <laughs> oh, oh my god, I can't wait for this. What? <laughs> What was the cheeky message? Well, I'm message? glad you asked that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it would be really weird if you hadn't. Yeah, the request, um, the requested message was, "I'm glad you were the strongest sperm." <laughs> oh, so this is this woman got this cake for her son? Um, no, for her oh, daughter. daughter. It was her oh, daughter's God. birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> what were what did did MS explain their reasoning for? They did it. indeed. They said it had broken the store's rules and regulations and for that reason would not be fulfilled. Um, the woman in question uh, said that there was nothing 
offensive about sperm and um it was an absolutely ridiculous uh response and she was very annoyed that she could not get the cake that she had picked with the message um iced on it wow <laughs> where 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 was where where what where was this um she was in west sussex pulborough they're usually quite quite sophisticated down in west sussex i wouldn't have uh wouldn't have put them down uh, no did did the mum appeal against the decision so she received a phone call explaining that the cake would not be um, made as requested. And with whilst talking to customer service, um, I think she contested it and um, requested that it had, you know, would be made, um, but was told um, it would not. I mean, I can see why they would, re- why they would reject this. I can. Um... And I also can see why it would be newsworthy because it is quite a funny, quirky story. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this is a true story again. It is true, and yeah. it is reported yeah. in the Mirror, and it was reported um, today. Wow, good story wow. that. Good find. Good goodbye. Can I just ask, how old is her daughter? So her daughter has. Um, it was her. 18th birthday wow and they had opted against a bog standard message um i suppose that would be happy birthday <laughs> and, uh, yeah have a nice day. yes and gone for something um with slightly more banter in uh in quotation marks because <laughs> that's that when you when you when you've just turned 18 that's what you really want from your parents isn't yeah it? i don't know whether it's too much banter <laughs> You really want you really want them to remind you of your origin. Mm. <laughs> okay, George. I feel like I'm going with a bit of a curveball, a bit of a risk on this one. Mm. Stuck Ooh. Noah's Ark sparks international incident as government urge to aid rescue. Whoa. Wow. S- stuck Noah's Ark. <laughs> Stuck Noah's Ark. Um, where where was it stuck? Ipswich. Because <laughs> what what was the what was the international incident that it caused? Um, so I uh, it was on its way to Holland, but it it, it got um, sort of impounded, and it's been racking up fines of five hundred pounds a day. Wow. For not having suitable life jackets, fire kits, and lifeboats. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Generally and, unsafe boats. And um, how many... <laughs> are, there actually, are there actually animals on this? Uh, ooh. Ooh. Uh, this article does not say, but I hope, I hope for their sake that there isn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, it's got to be true. This is too, it's too, it's too far-fetched again to not be true. You need, you, you, you couldn't have made this up. It's, de- it's got to be true. Oh, it is true. <gasps> oh. Yes, I can confirm there are no animals on this boat. And the reason I know that is because we have covered this story at work. 
Um, we actually covered the story when it was first built and it was like, hey, there's a replica Noah's Ark. And then a few weeks later, oh, God, it's been impounded. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not safe. Oh, it's um, a death trap. Yeah, so it is, it is unseaworthy and it's stuck <laughs> in this harbour. And um, yes, George correctly said it is racking up a hell of a lot of uh, debt and sort of fines. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of <laughs> moored up waiting yeah, Ips- Ipswich's answer to the Suez Canal blockage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I read that headline from the Ipswich Star, but looking at it at it in the Metro, uh, the first line of it is, an international incident of biblical proportions. Oh, oh brilliant. brilliant. So <laughs> getting the puns in there. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mention the number of beef puns that there were in my uh, in my burger article. It was unbelievable. Uh, okay, I think that's probably about it for the podcast this week. Hugo, thanks so much for coming on, and well done. Absolutely on your hundred percent, and also your brilliant CV score. I'm gonna have to have a lie down after that. It's uh, <laughs> uh, it's completely completely blown me away. Well, I'm uh, glad that's what we aim to do here at Jobs Board. Um, and yeah, we look forward to keeping in touch with you and hearing all about your job. Well, yeah, your journalism career as it yeah, blossoms. Yeah, no, it's been a, been a pleasure to been a pleasure to chat to you guys. And uh, my best bit of the day is I I beat my partner in crime, Ayush, at, at the uh, the CV test. That's what that was the uh, one aim was. I mean, you you cut, you did and you didn't because he what? hasn't done. Oh, he didn't even do it. No, he has. I'd have, we'd, but with a different scanner. Oh. We'd have to put his we'll have CV to get through him back this on. one. Yeah, yeah. Him. No, we we will at some point <laughs> um, on Twitter and Instagram. We are job. We are at jobsboard, uh, and you can email us at hello.jobsboard at gmail And anyway, yeah. Until then, I have been Ollie Hammett. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye from George Goldberg. Au revoir. And Bryony Smith. Au revoir. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite hard to do that. Goodbye. That's a bit better. Au revoir. <laughs>